When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, good evening and welcome to another episode of the same old Arsenal team talk. I'm your host, Dan Potts, and tonight I am joined by my good man, Kenny Ken. Kenny, how you doing, mate? I'm all right. Where's Kevin? Where's Robbie? Where's Sophie? <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way, I just want to say one thing, right? Um, someone has kindly offered to pay for my Wi-Fi, my broadband. So what I'm going to do is at the end of the show, I'm going to provide, provide you with my... Um, PayPal details, and you can pass on to that person. I think that person's a bit too busy at the moment because I think that person's interviewing Steve Nicol, the Liverpool legend. And rather than talk about how Liverpool are doing in the league, I think that person wants to ask them whether Arteta's the right man for the job and talk about Arsenal manners. <laughs> I know it's it's a bit it's a bit. I know we play we play in red, so I, sort of, I can understand why they why Steve Nicol go on an Arsenal show. But that person's busy, too busy to pay for my broadband. We're going to talk about the Arsenal getting. We are, mate. We are. And it's good to have you with me, man. We are expecting Manny, but Manny's had some dentist problems today, so I believe. So he DIY, may be I a little bit late. I told you not to do DIY. They said on this morning yesterday, don't do it yourself. Expert dentist said, wait. You know, they're now seeing people. I know it, it was an emergency, but if you do it yourself, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have this to get the dentist to sort it out. If you get your black and decker out, mate, then this is what happens. <laughs> this is what happens. Uh, thank you to everyone for joining us already in the chat. I hope you're all good. Um, and I hope you're looking forward to a good weekend. Ken, I want to talk to you about Arsenal because the last time we spoke, you said there was no style, there's no clear understanding of what's happening. And I was with you. But I tell you what, the last three games, I've started to understand where we're going with this team. And the reason I say that is because against Southampton United and against Wolves in the first half, um, I saw some high press passing out from the back. I saw some passing in triangles. And it's the first time under this manager that I have actually been excited to watch us play football. And people might think that's harsh. People might think that I've been too pessimistic. And I've got a lot of stick for being negative over the last few months, really, under this manager. But I can only go on what I'm seeing. I don't want to talk about what we might be in the future. I can only talk about what we are now. And I've seen this for the last three games and I think to myself, do you know what? I'm okay with what I'm seeing. How have you been been making it the last couple of games, Ken? Well, last couple of games, I think what's happened right now is that I think the manager's learning the job. He's looked at Nicola Pepe and finally said, you know what? He's t- the lads is not un- overcomplicating how he plays. 
when he plays on the left hand on the right hand side, he overcomplicates it. Or sometimes when he comes to the pitch, he tries to overcomplicate because he feels he has to do something in order because he won't get the ball maybe for another 10, 15 minutes. But when he plays on the left hand side, especially on um, Tuesday and you know the games against the game against um, Southampton as well. It gives us that sort of balance to the team and balance to the front three. You know what I mean? It's not all Saka. It's Pepe as well. And they can interchange as well. So in that respect, it's pace. I don't care what anyone says. If you've got skillful players at pace and they run at you, you're going to murder teams. And then when you've got someone who can actually pass the ball properly and change the tempo of the way we play, for instance, you know, like the continental way, slow, quick, quick, slow, and then quick again in the last third. That's how... That's what um, Smith Rowe's given us as well. So, what Nick, what, how we played against Wolves, best first half about I've seen for a long, long time. Very pleased. Everything I like about football: attacking, you're attacking freeze. You put the defenses under pressure. You're getting behind them. That's why we we got a goal just a lad by a second, and maybe a chance after the win. Pepe scored his goal. Getting behind defenders. That's what you have to do. But also, when we didn't have the ball, we know Wolves are very love to play the same well as I.e. they use their pace. They haven't got the sort of um, hold-up play of Jimenez, but they like to play in the wings as well. But what we did really well, first thing we did, stop the out ball, made it very difficult. And also, Bellerin and Cedric held their own when Pedence and, and um, Neto were trying to, you know, get, in, get those crosses in. We weren't, we weren't allowing that to happen. So, overall, a great performance. And and that's what I've been saw against Southampton. And it's May United. I think both we paid May United a bit too much respect, if you're asking me. And rightly so, because of May United's phenomenal away record and because they've got some really good footballers at the team. But then again, May United paid us too much respect because they remembered what happened at Old Trafford when yeah. we we crushed their style. We sat on Finanche and we also like put made Popper do something he didn't want to do. He doesn't like tracking back. So whenever we got the ball in a turnover at Old Trafford. We were at them in waves and attacks. They didn't want it to happen again. So they put, they, it was a case of cancelling each other out and any little chance each side would got, then they were taking it. So it wasn't, it was, it's a different, but I think what's happening, it's all about the thinking game. And even when we went down to uh, nine men, it's all about keeping comp- compact. Wolves assisted us as well because what Wolves did as well, they thought, you know what, we've had a few bad results. So let's just, Get these results. Let's go to the bank. Let's put this this this, this two one in the safe, and 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 then let's all roads lead to Saturday. So it's one of those things where the team is playing well. I'm not going to say it's got an identity, but I'm seeing less square pegs were around holes, and that's yeah. why later in the show when we have a Villa man in and we talk about Arsenal's uh, team selection, all I'm going to say to you um, for you know future reference in terms of the show, you can only have three players in your front three. You can't have four. And you know what I'm talking hey. about, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I do. And we are going to go into that. But one player I do want to mention before we go into it, Ken, is everyone talks in about Saka. Everyone's talking about Smith-Rowe. Of course, they've infused the team and they've brought on the likes of Laka and, and Pepe, to be fair, like you mentioned. But one player that has definitely head and shoulders above anybody on that pitch in an Arsenal shirt is Thomas Partey. I'm looking at his range of passing. I'm looking at the balance in midfield. I'm looking at how he can give us that transition. What have you made of him? He's been absolutely superb, hasn't he? Well, I think what's happened is that English football's like the biggest equaliser for any footballer. You know, you look at the great players who've, who've played English football. There's no doubt that Cristiano Ronaldo's benefited and gone on to be the best player in the world because of the years he had at Man United, because of the physicality and the demands of the game. And he's taking that sort of fitness into his, into the, you know, La Liga and into Serie A. In terms of Thomas Partey, it's going to take time for Thomas because you're going to see inconsistent performances like we had a fantastic performance against Southampton, a very good one against um, Wolves, a brilliant one, if you ask me, in that first half. But against May United, there were times when Thomas uh, Thomas struggled. You know what I mean? And and that, and, that, and that's where and that's where you're going to see a lot of it. You're, you're not going to see the best of Thomas until he's finally in tune mentally and physically into um, the team. But from what we're seeing now, we've always wanted a, a complete midfielder, and Thomas give, give us that. And, you know, he's brought the best out of Granite as well. Whether you think Granite's going to be a long-term prospect or not, 
I still think we need a lot energy alongside Thomas in order yeah, to so get the I. best out of him. Because I want us to be able to not just dominate midfields occasionally. I want to be in a situation where we can actually go to a top six side and say, right, this is it. This is what you've got to go through. But also, when we win that ball, we're going that way. See if you can stop us. And I think that's where Thomas is the sort of midfielder we're looking for. But performance, first 45, couldn't fault it. You really couldn't fault it. He, you know, he definitely gives us, he's definitely, I don't think he's the brain of the side yet. But, because I still, I still see him as a sort of a player who's more of a, a, a wrecker and a disruptor rather than someone who can construct. Obviously, you look at the long passes and, and they're very accurate. And blah, blah, blah. But he has been playing in Spanish football where you have to be good technically to survive in that league. And I'm not saying Lucas Torreira isn't good technically, but you, you see what I'm getting at. Yeah, I do. We've got, we've, we've got somebody who's, who's playing under a great manager and playing in a great league. So we expect that. But I think there's more to come from Thomas. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think what I've seen so far from Thomas Partey has, has kind of really pleased me, but he's still not even 100% fit. So how good can he be when he gets that run of games and gets that balancing? I've been watching a player for about six, seven weeks now, Ken, who I knew not much about. I saw him last season, but we were heavily, heavily linked with him. And I've been watching him as much as I can. And I like what I see, Bissouma. This kid looks like he's got the real sort of potential to be something really good in this league. And we've been heavily linked with him. Do you think that is a signing that could slot next to Thomas Party and bring us that kind of energy, but also that kind of tenacious sort of bull terrier at your ankles type player? Well, the thing about it is that we thought we had that um, with um, Lucas Torreira in terms of like, we were very pleased with him, that he was this um, technically, we thought he was okay. We thought he was um, going to, be the DM and he's going to make those sort of tackles. But I think the lad thought probably wanted more to his game. But I think in Basuma, he's something, a player that, yeah, potentially is going to be very good for us. But I look at Basuma and I thought, right, I want, I prefer, there's someone better than Basuma who's probably, arguably at the moment, better than Ta- um, Partey. I look at Indidi and I think, well, I want him instead of Basuma. I know Basuma's playing really well, playing out of his skin. And, you know, he's, he's trying to emulate um, what we see from Conte, you know, the free lungs, you know, a tackler, um, someone who can, you know, protect his defence, but also someone who could give us some energy from both sides of the pitch. He's trying to do that. I'd like to see more goals from him, if you don't, you know what I mean? Because we do see the odd yeah. goal from, from um, not so much from Partey, but from Conte. But in terms of that, yeah, that would be a fantastic signing for, for Arsenal Football Club. And there's no doubt, if we don't get him, Man United and Liverpool will. Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's something that they're missing. I, I totally agree. And, and I think that position there is more important, believe it or not, and it might be an unpopular opinion, is more important than our creative midfielder. Because I think that we are always going to be stuck with the Granite Chakras or Real Nennies of this world otherwise. And I think we need to move on from them. As much as Granite Chakra has been great, he has been. The last three games, he's been absolutely superb. I'm just waiting for the day where he mucks up because I know it's going to happen. And I need players that aren't going to make the same mistakes week in, week out, year in, year out. Do you know what I mean? Well, the thing okay. about Granite, the thing about Granite as well, you've got to realise one thing, right? Is that Granite, Granite's relationship with the fans is over now. Forget it, okay? All this stuff about him wanting to say, sorry, forget it. It's not going to happen. As far as he's concerned, he has no time for me, you or any other fan. We cost him the captaincy as far as he's concerned. Not only did we cost him the captaincy, we collectively made his life hell under Unai Emery and then certain people took it at another level when they insulted his family. So he's got no love for the club. He's just playing his football, trying to enjoy his football as best he can. You know, there's no doubt he's probably thinking, right, I've given this club everything. I've had enough now. I'm going to want to go to, you know, maybe Germany, Italy or, or a slow-paced league where maybe go to a club where I'm more appreciated. So you're going to get your way one way or another, maybe the season the season after that because because it's not a long-term with Granite. So, no. But I do agree with you. We want I want better than Granite. I know Granite's going well. I like what Granite can give us. I like the fact that Granite's intelligent, that when, when Saka goes walkies, he goes at the left back. I like the fact that he helps out defence and blah, blah. But the problem is, is that we want it, we, we're only seeing it now. We should have been seeing that from day one. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Now, that could have been 
because of Arsene Wenger, you know, he's sort of go out and play mentality and go out and enjoy yourselves. I don't need to teach you how to play football because you're good players. You know, Liverpool Manchester under Bob Paisley, where, you know, Graham Sunes, Johnny Barnes, you ask them, they'll say that they, ne- they never um, talked about tactics. They just, in training, it was just five sides, good players, showed the intensity, took it into a match and they all worked out themselves. That's how Wenger managed a lot of the older, the old so-called great coaches managers, but now it's a blackball managers, and I think that's what Granite was missing from his time. And also Una Emery tried to be a blackball manager, but you've got, you know, like pork chops, like you know, um, or uh, say bad eggs, who have now left the football club, frankly, who undermined the manager and made his 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 time at the football club untenable after Baku. But in terms of what you're saying, Granite, not long term for me. No, and and I totally 100% agree with the Granite Xhaka situation. Let's bring it back to Arteta, Kenny, because myself and, well, both of us really, um, have not been 100% convinced by the manager of what we're seeing on the pitch. But it looks like the board and the owners and a certain amount of the fan base are willing to back this guy. So whether we want him here or not, Mm. it looks like he's here to stay. So I look at what I saw in the transfer window, okay, and it pleases me. And I'm not mm. talking about it being an ex- exceptional window like some people were saying. It was like a 10 out of 10 window because I think we all wanted to see somebody come in, incoming. We got Martin Erdegaard and we got Matt Ryan, who looked to be two OK signings. Mm. But the main thing for me was the outgoings, the Mesut Ozil's, mm. the Socrates, the Kalasanac and the Mustafi. Is that positive for you to see that Arteta is kind of on the same wavelength as the fans in terms of them not being a part of the of the process and some of the others keeping them in the in the in the process. Did you make of it as as a good window? Well you look at it this way, for a lot of fans it's a great window because a lot of these players are much maligned and if they're not much maligned they divide opinion and that one player is is still lamented by the football club. They still what the, the player we're talking about, they're still um how do I say it, a uh, caucus of fans who feel that um, there was some sort of injustice done for him, that he was not um, retained because of um, non-footballing reasons. They still hang by that, which is, so they're coming out all, all sorts of fiction and, um, you know, like scripts from um, Walt Disney to uh, support their opinion. But in terms of what Mikel's done in letting these guys go, people like yourself said, what took you so long, mate? It was blatantly obvious when Uno was at the club that these like had to go. It was so obvious when Mikel um, took over, you know, last December that this had to happen. And one of the issues I had with Mikel is that you know this, and everyone in football knows the situation. What Mikel did, which I disagreed with, is he tried to change him, tried to get him to, to come to the, to the party and blah, blah, and wasted valuable time. People, yeah, Arsenal fans, Arsenal fans generally believe, and who, who am I to tell them how to support their football club? I don't pay for their season tickets. You know, I don't even pay for the merchandise. I can't afford to do it. And I certainly don't want them to pay for my season ticket, even if they offer me to do it, offer me to do things to to earn my keep. I'm not going to ask them. That's not going to happen. All I'm trying to say with Mikel, in terms of what he's, in what he's done, by keeping his players for, you know, most most of his reign, he's, waste, he's wasted valuable time. He's wasted a year and a half. Not only that, the process that everyone seems to talk about People need to rewire their thought process. Stop talking about this process being Mikel's thought process and look at the bigger picture. We wanted Arsene Wenger out of the football club because he wasn't challenged for the title. The board sacked Arsene Wenger because two things. Because of non-attendance by fans and because, he was out, because we were out of the Champions League for the second season in succession. So the process started in April 2018, which means... It's not Mikel's process. It wasn't Unai's process. It's the process, i.e. project re-entry back into the Champions League. Project re-entry back in the big time, challenging. That started in April 2018. Now, someone like myself and you, who are not sure about Arteta, right, I'm not going to join into the, ca- the you know, cavalry of people saying, well done, great window, got rid of the dead wood. We wanted that down before. Because if he did that then like a big manager had done, then we may we may have seen the fruits of that. We may be challenging because West Ham are doing it, right? They're challenged for the top four, mathematically, and they're winning games. Our rivals, who we laugh at, still annoyingly above us, 
just think about the time wasted. All right, you can't cry over spilt milk, but that is where people like myself are thinking, well, we're not convinced about his methods and about his, his man management and his judgment. But he's got until May, all right, to turn us around. But you've got to realise right now, we're in a results business, you know. I ask all Arsenal fans this question all the time and they never give me a definitive answer because I understand the situation that, you know, why, why look forward and expect the worst. But is it a successful season if we don't win a trophy and we finish below eighth next season? That is the question that you're going to ask, I'm going to ask. Obviously, people are still behind me, Colin. But you always know that in football and in life, especially politics, you have people who sit in the fence. You have floating voters, right? The floating voters might turn if they don't see, if they don't count, um, you know, um, getting rid of Ozil, Mustafi, Socrates, you know, um, you know, getting in um, Partey, it's progress. If we don't finish getting to Europe and finish below eighth place, that's all I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not the bad guy here. <laughs> no, and you know what? I think, I think, I think you're spot on. And you know, I'm going to bring this comment in. We've got a Man United fan watching us here and he's saying, what counts for Arsenal and Mikel as progress, considering you have been told to trust the process? I think that's a great question. And the reason I say that, I'm going to ask you this, Ken. There's a lot of talk about Arsenal's season. Unai Emery was sacked because we weren't going to get anywhere near top four, it didn't seem like. So when it comes to us not looking like we're going to get anywhere near top four this season... um, Surely it looks bad news for Mikel Arteta. So what looking at this table now would be, or this season now, should I say, would be success for Arsenal, Ken? Well, the thing is, right, I know I come out with a lot of analogies, right? We've got 16 football matches, but I'll tell you one thing, they're more important than football matches. We're going to war 16 times. We're going to war, we're going to battle, all right? You look at that table and you look at the situation. Teams, everyone's beating each other. The team that stays most consistent in the next 16 games, from our position all the way up to probably third, good things will happen for them. We have to believe and not be perturbed by the opposition we're going to play. Yes, we've got Aston Villa, but Aston Villa got turned out by West Ham. They, they, they've got a lot of ball players on their side, but they don't, have, they don't have a DM and a crusher. We've got crushers. Then we've got Leicester. We've got to beat, we've got to play Tottenham, we've got to play Man City, you've got to play Liverpool, who may be going for the title of Europe as well. So we've got to think about these bigger pictures. This is the test of the process, right? No yeah. excuses. Last week when I was on your show, I got shouted down by excuses. Oh well, we we're not gonna get top four, we can't get top six. Um, because Leicester's got a better squad than us. May United's got a better squad than us. Oh, excuses not. No, we're going to war, all right? We've still got a chance mathematically. I don't think, I don't personally, if you ask me off camera, do you think we could do it? Maybe not. But I'm, I'm going to battle tomorrow, expecting and demanding and believing for a win. And that's how we've got to look at it. If we're playing well and people think that we've got this new system where everyone knows their jobs and we've got less square pegs round round holes, then, base, then what we need to do is think positively and let's see what it take us. Yes, I'm going to be mad and you know kicking the cat. Want to kill you as well if you lose. But 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 it, but the other day, I still believe for that win. I'm still not giving up this season. I don't think it's going to happen. But whilst we're playing well, and whilst um, we've got players who can hurt the opposition, let's see where it takes us. Really good. I think that's spot on. Listen, I don't have the faith that we're going to get in the top four. I don't think we've got consistency and I don't think we've got the squad that's particularly strong enough with a couple of injuries because we're bringing in the Willians and stuff like that. However, of course, we've got to try and win as many games as possible. My only thing was this, Kim. Europa League, okay? Mm. Would you rather win the Europa League and have something to show for coming into the Champions League with a trophy or would you rather just come top four? Because I don't understand this mentality of just getting in the top four because fourth place doesn't win you anything at all. It gives you a Champions League spot, which is what the Europa League does, but you have a trophy and you're European champion. Surely you would rather win the Europa League and the trophy and come eighth or ninth or whatever it be than just come fourth. I would rather win a trophy because it's all about trophies for me. Otherwise, why are we laughing at Spurs for not winning them? 
<laughs> that's their mentality. I make and I do make you right that trophies is very much, but we've won trophies, we've won the FA Cup since 2014. We won it four times. We're the record FA Cup holders. We've been in a final every year since 2017. But the thing is, is that whether you like it or not, in order to garner your progress, your progress and feel like you could challenge for that league, you have to do well in the in the league. You have to get someone like top four because obviously with top four, it gives you enough money to spend on players. You know, let's face it, we've got no crowds, right? And we're probably mm. not going to get crowds for much of next season. So what we what we're going to need is the money and the TV money and advertising that Champions League brings us, and because we can't rely on that. That um, the TV deal or sponsorship deals because they've already paid us until we renegotiate and who, who knows maybe crowds will come back and so what we're looking at now is to try and get Champions League across. let's face it right they're trying to revamp the Champions League in 2024 why they revamp the Champions League because Arsenal AC Milan and, and clubs like Man United are not in it consistently as they have before because they don't want us to go form a Europa League uh, sorry, a European Super League. Now, let me tell you something now. Everyone at Arsenal, behind that four walls, won a European Super, Super League because it gives you £310 million. Pounds, all right? Don't believe all this. Oh, we want to bat English football. And you think Liverpool and um, Man United are playing for this. They're all at it. So, getting as high as you can in the league is more important for an actual club. But for me and the glory, I haven't seen this win a European trophy since Copenhagen. So, I want the glory. And I know I want Champions League football. And I want to go in the Champions League because I know there's a lot of fans who are oh, getting the Champions League for? We're crap in there. We're not going to win it. What sort of attitude is that? Awful. Want you want to compete I, with the best. I want to compete with the best. I want Arsenal to go to, to the Allianz Arena and, and, and believe they can win there. Because in Bayern Munich, you don't just let Bayern Munich come and beat you. I want, you think I'm having Leipzig, a bloody drinks company, Playing the Champions League instead of my my boys, nah, I can't comp- I can't stomach that. I've been stomach that for a again. long time. So what we need to do is that if we get in the top wall, that's fantastic. But I, w- I don't want no shadow boxing, right? Shadow boxing is just is something I do in a mirror when I when I'm having a fight with the next door neighbour in me in me head, or having a fight because someone on Twitter called me a pork chop. That's shadow boxing. <laughs> the real stuff. Is getting amongst it and having a go. Don't just make up the numbers like we did on the RC and get them only one final, one semi, semi-final. Let's have a go. You have to be in it to win it. And that's why top four winning European trophy is brilliant for me. But in terms of the top four, you start at the top four and you go, it gives you that belief to think, right, we've got the top four. What's next after the top four? Challenge for the title winning it. And that's why... There's going to be 50-50 in terms of like what people think about a top four or win a trophy. You have to aim high and set your stands pretty higher, you know? Yeah. Arsenal, mediocre's done. It's done, right? The board have appointed the novice because that was their me- mediocre mindset and they're building them up to something I think it's not. Well, go on. Go and entertain me, Mikel. Show me what you're made of. Put those big words down my throat and I, I swallow it. Shut me up, Mikel. That's all I want you to do. Shut me up. I've been saying the same. Shut shut me up and tell me that you're playing a style. And he has. We're now starting to play a bit of a style. I hope it continues. I'm not getting excited yet, but I'm hoping that it continues. What I am doing, though, is enjoying our football. So how long may it continue? Before we bring our Villa guest on, Ken, and start talking about the game um, at the weekend, do you think that we can, with this team, go all out in the Europa League and win? Well... The thing about it is that it's, you, you can't look too forward. It's the next game is Benfica. Yeah. They've got great pedigree in Europe, and they've got to. They've got. They haven't won a European show for a while, but they've got a bit closer. You know, the last time I remember in the Europe, Europa League final, we lost. Avanovic scored a last minute header in the ninety third minute <laughs> for Chelsea. So they've got pedigree, and they're you know they've got some you know they've got a reputation, and we have to get past that obstacle. Obstacle, and then we look at the last sixteen. And then we start worrying about, oh no, we got, we're probably going to play Ajax, probably going to play um, um, Internationale, and we're probably going to play May United and Leicester. But let's not talk about that. Let's just think about um, Benfica. Benfica. One game at a time. And remember, as I say, I say, we're not playing football, we're going to war. 
So we go to war against Benfica. Let's not thought, think about the next sort of battles, you know. You have a bit of junk, jungle wars like they did in Vietnam. One war at a time. Mate, I love it. Absolutely love it. And after this short ad break, we are going to introduce you to our Aston Villa friend and fan. West Cork Beard Company. Make beard oil and beard balm for a strong, healthy, great-looking beard. Handmade from all natural ingredients in Clonacilty, West Cork. Check out their YouTube channel for beard care tips and advice. Or catch them online at westcorkbeardcompany.ie. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome back again Chris from Villa Together. Chris, how you doing, bro? Yeah, good mate. About yourself? Yeah, very good, man. Uh, not too bad at all. Trying to, uh, well, soak up as much as we can of this football. But this is a crazy, crazy season. Uh, Chris, please meet Kenny Ken. Kenny, I don't know if you've met Chris before. I don't know. Last time I saw uh, Chris, he didn't seem too confident about Villa's chances. But I managed to, I managed to try to see if I could avoid him after after the 90 minutes of the Emirates. Because I think we got we got absolutely bodied by them at, at the Emirates. And I think I think they're playing to right now. I think they've scored their tenth goal by then. Yeah, I think you're right, mate. It was not a good night for Arsenal. But Kenny, I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to bring Chris in on a bit about Aston Villa because for me, Aston Villa's uh, summer was fantastic. The signings they got have clearly worked out well. Aston Villa are a good side. They're a good outfit now, and considering they only got. Um, was scraped kind of rele- relegation um, fight last season. They're looking like a good side, although of late it's looked a little bit inconsistent. Ken, what do you make of this game coming up at the weekend against Villa, mate? Well, the thing about Villa, I look at I looked at their team that they're playing against West Ham, and I just saw players who were very good on the ball. I didn't, I couldn't identify a DM or someone who's a crusher who could win that ball back. Yet West Ham had crushers who basically looked at right. I'm going to mark him. Because he, he, he's their brain in this side. We're not going to give him any room. And what we're going to do is that on a turnover, we're going to hit them and take it by surprise. And that's how it looked to me when I saw the game. I look at Aston Villa. All I see is players that I love watching. You know, people talk about Grealish, but they forget that McGinn's your, the actual brain of your team. And you've got Douglas Louise, who's a good baller, but he tries to do that sort of, uh, that crusher you know, sort of DM work that I like. And then you've got players like Barkley, gives you an extra dimension. You've got also El Ghazi, who a lot of you Villa fans are not, you know, 50-50 about. And then you've got Watkins, you know, finally got a striker. You put the ball in there. Greenish, we were talking about. But the play, And you've got Cash at right back, who I like. But the player that always goes under right radar is Matt Target. Because I look at it, Matt Target was a menace at the Emirates. And that's menace. Down at left-hand side, Matt Target, Barkley, Greenish, and then Ollie Watkins outnumbering and sort of um, having two spare men against um, Rob Holding and Bayern, that, that right-hand, our right-hand side, which I think Villa, if they try to attack that and play at the pace, that's where they can hurt us. But you also got a player that might not get a game in, um, Traore as well, who, again, the penny's finally dropped with, in that respect. So... From a purist point of view, I'm looking forward to the game. But I'm thinking, if we stop these teams from playing, with our pace on a turnover and our directness as well, I think that we can, we've got a chance of getting suitable revenge. Yeah, I agree, Ken. And Chris, I'm going to bring you in because Kenny's brought up some good points there about players that have been playing well for you this season. Obviously, Konza and Mings at the back have formed a good partnership and we all know about Emmy Martinez in goal. So, What's been happening in the last few weeks, Chris? It's not been as good for you. A few strange results here and there. What's been going on? Um, well, we've lost four of our last six, which, you know, on the face of it, you think, oh, it's not great. If, I think if you look at it in isolation, um, three of those four defeats are against uh, United, City and then West Ham. Um, so, you know, the, the top two effectively, West Ham are having a good season as well, fifth in the league. Um, the other one um, was against Burnley, which was a bit of a, a bit of a shocker, a bit of a surprise. It was really real game of two halves. Um, but in all fairness, we twenty twenty one, our form has been very indifferent. Um, we've we've not been as good as we were last year, um, or, or certainly you know 
back end of last uh, back end of last year. Um, and I think I think it, you know you've got to take into consideration the the COVID situation we had. So what was it first second week of January? Uh, nine players, five staff members had COVID, and, and you know, but by by no stretch of imagination, I'm, you know, I'm kind of blaming that because, um, in all fairness, a lot of the teams have outplayed us. But I think it has some impact in terms of our fatigue. We've looked completely out of sorts in terms of the running. I think you know, perfect example when you look at our running would have been the game at the Emirates. Um, without the ball, we we kind of set up like a four four two. Barkley uh, pushed up alongside Watkins and, and we pressed your defence and a lot of the time you, you you had to play the ball long. We won it back um, and, and we were able to kind of kind of get at you. Um, we haven't done that so much recently. Uh, Barkley has come back into the side. He missed seven games of injury. He's come back in. He looks he looks certainly off the pace um, quite a bit in all fairness. And um, yeah, we, we, we just think, of, I, th- I think we, we just struggling to find our rhythm a bit but if it is, you know, in all fairness, it's our first, you know, blip, so to speak, of the season. Um, and if, if if that's the case, then you know, so be. It. We've we've had a great start. If we, if we lose a few, you know, we're losing against, like I said, you know, three of the four defeats are against the top six, three, you know, three teams in the top six. Then it is what it is. But it's going to be interesting in game. I think you know tomorrow because I think you guys certainly um, are playing a lot better. I watched the game against Wolves and, you know, certainly until Louise got sent off, you would have bet better team by far. So it's going to be interesting because I suppose we're not playing great football at the moment. We, we were pretty poor against West Ham. Um, we were poor against Southampton, but got, got the three points anyway. Um, and then obviously there was the the, the Burnley game where it's, it's prom- ironically, it's probably the best football we've played this year. Uh, first half, we were brilliant. Um, and then we just completely messed it up second half. So, um you know, I think it's going to be interesting just to see kind of what what level both teams are at at this point in the season. Yeah, I think you're right. And it has been strange the last few games for Aston Villa. And it's probably a good time to play you. I just don't have the consistency with this Arsenal side to to take that the advantage of that at the moment. Um, Ken, let's come to you. Jack Grealish, we've got to mention him. Um, absolutely outstanding footballer and one of the best in the league. I'd absolutely love to see him in an Arsenal shirt. I really would. I think he's absolutely top class. I don't have the confidence still, Kenny, that Bellerin and Holding are going to do anything different than what they did at the Emirates because I thought they were both poor. The only saviour in front of them is that it's going to be Saka and not Willian. Do you think that we can try and keep Jack Grealish quiet or is it going to be a case of trying to hack him to keep him quiet? Well, I think what's happening is that obviously our right-hand side is still one of our weakest sides in terms of teams attacking us. And I think, you know, obviously, before Villa, it was Man City who actually identified that weakness. But if you look at the games, I think Bellerin, some, some, you know, like something's going into that brain where he's kind of holding his own. But what, what, what I haven't seen is overlaps and overloads. Now, I still have concerns that Villa are still going to be, have those sort of overloads. Whether they've got the confidence to try and do that because of what happened against West Ham and where, where their mindset is to think, you know, well, let's just forget about what happened against them. Um, West Ham, let's, it's Arsenal's a different game. We've already turned them over. If they play with confidence, get on the front foot, then I've got great concerns about how we're going to deal with that. Because, again, I see Rob Holding as a left-sided centre-half. Or, dare I say, in a you know, back three. That's where he plays his best football. But his performances have improved, you know, obviously since Chelsea, where, again... He he, a penny is is dropping for him, and positionally was as well. So that is where I think maybe maybe um, maybe you know we we may we may hold our own there. But I'm not I'm not you know sort of um, going to put my house and saying that's going to happen because I still you know look at Villa and I still think that's their best way of hurting us. In terms yeah. of Grealish, bloody hell, he's unplayable, isn't he? I mean, I mean, I, I shake his hands. I shake his hand because he could have left you guys to go to Spurs um, when you're in a championship, not winning the playoff matches against uh, Fulham. <laughs> Sorry, mate. But, <laughs> but, but you know, for him to play for his hometown club, to get international re- recognition, on his day, he could be playing in Spain. For one, and, and Juventus. He could play with Juventus, Barcelona, Real Madrid, because they're... But he's a, that's the sort of player that they're looking for, someone who can get the ball, run, and dribble past players. 
you don't see many players like Jack, you know. And you know, I think, um, you know, I don't think um, people like Mick McCarthy and Martin O'Neill will be too happy through for switching sides, a la Declan Rice. But for England, it's fantastic because we finally got someone who can actually run at, run at teams from midfield, beat his man, and bring other players into play. Not players who are technically good and look blah blah. You know, it's all good, but. Personally, I like bloody, you know, sending them a nice um, big plate of Chinese, put a bit of a sleeping tablet in it, and he doesn't play tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, mate. I'm exactly the same. Uh, Chris, I'm going to bring you in on this question, which is from Lee Catlow. Thanks for watching again, Lee. Top man. Would Jack Reedish come to Arsenal? Intrigued to hear at Aston Villa point of view. Take the emotion out of it. If we put the money on the table and Villa go, we have to accept this. Is Jack Grealish going to be happy to leave and come to Arsenal, do you think? No. Why do you think that is? I think, you know, what Kenny said, he could play for, you know, some of the top sides. And, you know, Arsenal at that moment um, just aren't there. Uh, And I think... I suppose you look at it two things at the moment. The, you know the the league at the moment, how it is going to be. You know, I know Arsenal in you know Premier League era have obviously been much better than Aston Villa. You know they've got a history of success in the last, obviously not recently, but in the Premier League era, obviously titles, etc. But right now, you're looking at this season. You know, obviously we we I think just above you in the league. There's not a massive difference between us in the in the league standings. You know, you you'd probably say on the face of things that we could probably end up finishing higher than you guys. But if it does, and then you look at it from the other side, if it does come down to money, um, I can't see Arsenal being a team that would pay what we would accept for Jack. Because you're looking at what what would you expect? Eighty to hundred, something silly like that, or because he's English, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think you look at it from one of them. It's, it's. I mean, you can look at it from the point of view as if you looked at him in isolation with, you know, the kind of similar kind of players, you know, as you say, like, you know, English attacking midfielders or English wide men, you're probably looking at, he's probably worth at, at least 60 million. But then you take into everything else that the value that of what he is to Aston Villa, then, you know, you'd certainly go closer to the 100 million mark um, and I think, in all fairness, because of how important he is, he's our captain. He's also, you know, he's gone up levels this season. You know, he's shown that he can do it internationally against best team in the world. Um, he's, he's, I think, he's the third player this season in the league to reach double figures in terms of, his, of assists behind Harry Kane and Kevin De Bruyne. Those two are, you know, clearly two of the best players in the league. So for Jack to be up there in that company, it shows he is one of the best players in the league. So you'd be looking at at least 100 million, I think. Um, and, and, and you know we've got two two billionaire owners, so you know you're looking at it would have to really really be big. And again, if you if you look at the kind of you know I suppose traditionally over the years, you look at the likes of you know all the the kind of good players we had in the late '90s, the players we had in the you know the, the 2000s, and the Martin O'Neill who ended up leaving. As a big part of that would have been jumping ship to to go and play in Europe, to go in and do bigger things, and, and probably financially as well. But I think the financial side take that away from it. He could he could earn what he, whatever he wanted to at Villa. I think the only thing that could could push him to leave or, or could kind of sway the decision would be if he was going and knew that he was going to be playing maybe regular Champions League football. So I think realistically you'd be looking at the top top boys if he was going to leave because you know I think maybe last season he could have maybe thought Do you know what I'm gonna, I need to leave because I need to get in the England side and it's not happening for Aston Villa. But obviously, he's getting in England, not only getting in England squad now, but he's getting in England, you know, the England starting eleven, And, you know, he, he's shown that he can be one of the best players. I think pretty much every game he's played, he's been one of the better players on the pitch. So it's just that European football thing that he's kind of missing from his game at the moment. And I think you mentioned the other day, and it was an interview, uh, and, and they were talking about expectations for the season. He said, I didn't expect us to be doing as well as we have been this season. I thought, you know, we'd be kind of, you know, 14th, 15th in the league. And obviously we, we could still well finish there, but we've got the opportunity to push on and potentially finish well in the top half. And I think he it seems like he's he's signed up to the long-term project, but we all know what footballers are like. And at the end of the day, money possibly does come into things. But I think these days it seems like Champions League football seems to be the big thing. So I think that's, that's probably the main area where 
if it was coming to, to leaving the club where Arsenal would probably fall short. Fair enough. couple of uh, comments I'm going to throw up here. If party signed for Arsenal, I'm sure Jack Grealish would. And Albert in the chat. Big up, Albert. He said, Chris, give us Jack Grealish and we'll give you Chakaronini and Gwendouzi. <laughs> we, 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 had, we had this conversation last night and it's not happening. I think you said you'd give us William and 10 million as well, but still not happening. <laughs> no, I don't think you'll uh, want to swap deal with any of our players, that's for sure, unless it was a Thomas Party or a Bamiyang on form, maybe. Um, Kenny, let's come back to you and let's talk about this Arsenal team news before we move on to Aston Villas. Ken, I have this nasty feeling that Aubameyang's going to play tomorrow. What do you reckon? I'm against it. I'm really against it because, you know, as I said at the start of the show, only, three, only four players can't play in your front three. And if you look at, you look at the, way, the way I want the team... I want Nicola Pepe to play on that left-hand side because I want someone who's going to be direct, who's going to run at Matt Tart, um, run at Cash, and and, ba- and basically put crosses on a plate for Lacazette, which Nicola's capable of doing. I want Saka on that right-hand side because I want that change of pace, you know, to run it, to, to run run it, run it to Villa defence, keep them occupied. I want him to keep Matt Target occupied. I don't want Matt Target. Going, going right down 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 the air right and side like he did the Emirates. So I want Saka to be in that sort of position. Lacazette holds the ball up. He's playing his best football for quite for quite a while, scoring goals. One of the things you want from your centre forwards is the ability to hold on to the ball, the ability to pay with your back the goal. Now Oba can't do that. Oba is not that sort of centre forward. Oba is a centre forward. He can play on the left hand side where he's been very good for us, where he could where he can ghost into the box from the left hand side or surprise defenders by by making late runs to the box and getting his tappings in. Unfortunately, we're not playing that way for that way. We're not good enough. Teams have sussed us out. That you know, this the way we played um, to win the FA Cup and to win the community shield, you know, oh yeah, let's put ten men behind the ball and let's play a little out ball down the right-hand side, play a cross-field pass, over, you know, he's on, comes out of nowhere, get, gets in his right foot, bang in the corner of the net. Teams have smelt that and, and extinguished that. So it's no, it's no, it's not sl- slagging off over. It's just that I want more balance in my team. I'm not going to live out Smith Rowe as well, who's, who's, who's basically changes the tempo of our attacks as well, where yeah. he gets the ball and we start playing so, and then with either a pass or when he runs the ball, the whole tempo comes. And you can see that the thinking of our front three went, right, he's got the ball, he's an accurate passer, let's let's run at that defence. He starts all that. No spell over, he's going to have to wait his turn, you know what I mean? We're in a results business, horses of courses. And right now, that horse isn't right, right for that course. You know, there's going to be other wars, mate. You know, we're going to war after Villa. Maybe the other wars and the other battles he can get in, but t- tomorrow... With the balance of the team and the continuity, Oba don't get a game for me. I have to agree. And I think that Aubameyang needs to come back in at some point because of his quality. But he has been out form. I think there's some mental problems there. Obviously, we heard about the the illness of his mum. So I hope that he's in a better headspace now. And I do hope that he can push himself into this um, team. However, I don't think that we can change our front three at the moment. I think Pepe's proven that he can be a handful on the left. I think Lacazette has been infused by the introduction of Saka and Smith-Rowe. And he's definitely finding some form again. Saka on that right gives us that balance, which we so lacked and been so lopsided in the past um, probably season, to be honest, on that right-hand side. And Smith-Rowe has just been superb. And I think that he could be a potential Jack Grealish in the future. I think Thomas Partey and Granite Chaka will continue in centre midfield. I think that Gabriel will partner holding due to Louise's suspension. I think that Bellerin will continue at right-back and Cedric will be at left-back. And I believe that the last two days, Matt Ryan has trained and he is fit. So Runnison will hopefully not being goal. And I don't want to be harsh on the lad because he has only just come into the side and he's not, you know, of course he's going to come to Arsenal from Dijon. But the last couple of games I've seen him, he's looked shaky. So Matt Ryan coming in as a signing, I think will be good enough to play now that Leno is out. So that's why I expect the team to be. I don't expect many shocks. However, it would not surprise me if Aubameyang goes and plays on that left-hand side ahead of Nicolas Pepe. I don't want to see it. But Mikel Arteta does do some strange things like that. In terms of team news for yourself, Chris, let's come to you. What is the Aston Villa team supposedly going to be, please, mate? 
I mean, I, I say it's a tough one. There's, there's just, there's probably a, a toss up in a couple of areas. Um, I think possibly because of, of how we played the other night against West Ham. Um, goalkeeper back four will, will stay the same. So obviously Martinez in goal, Cash, Cons, and Mings target. That'll be as it is. I think it's unlikely um, that Douglas Louise will, will drop out because he's our only kind of. I say he's our only proper DM. He's our most progressive DM um, that we need that we need to have in the side that allows us to play. Um, obviously, Jack Grealish will likely be on the left. Um, El Ghazi was on the right uh, on Wednesday, and he, he was pretty poor. So I imagine Traore will come in. The area I think that there could be changes is central midfield. We brought in Morgan Sanson from uh, Marseille, who's a good footballer. Um, probably a bit too soon for him to start in all fairness but midfield recently we've looked really really poor um, slow sluggish um, you know poor in possession the, the main thing is that the pressures haven't been there we, we've not been putting teams under pressure as much as we used to and it's you look at two of the West Ham goals um, I mean you'll probably argue all three of the West Ham goals um, our midfield you could put some blame to them whether it be John McGinn not not kind of getting back, uh, Barkley not tracking his runners. And the ball just is coming straight from, from it was coming straight back from Watkins through the middle. Um, probably will be McGinn and Barkley. It depends how we set up as well, because I think um, <clears throat> against West Ham, we were more of a, um, more of a kind of a 4-3-3. So Douglas is in front of the back four, McGinn and Barkley as two eights in front of him, whereas what we've been playing prior to that, was Louise and McGinn sitting with Barclay as a 10, Grealish and Traore either side, Watkins up top. I think we might revert back to that. So Barclay's a 10, uh, Grealish, Traore either side, McGinn dropping deeper because we just see midfield has been poor this year, but we were just woeful the other night. And I just think, um, I just think he just needs to kind of get that balance back in terms of just offering more support for Watkins. And the only way we can do it really is Barclay. Um, I imagine he's unlikely to drop Barkley. The only the other change could be no Barkley. Grealish goes back in as number ten, and Traore comes in on the left. Uh, sorry, El Gardi comes in on the left, Traore on the right. Uh, potential for Trezeguet as well. He's a good player. Uh, he, he played at the Emirates and he, he helped stretch the stretch the play. In all fairness, um, and he started the season really well, but he's been injured for a while. So I don't expect too many changes because, in all fairness, we haven't had many changes this season. There's been a core. 12, 13 players that we've used. And it, 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 in all fairness, it has worked quite well. But I think there's times sometimes if we rotated it a bit more, then we may have been able to kind of go to our bench a bit more often and, and use our squad depth. But I reckon that's what it'll be. So Martinez, Cash, Conza, Mings, Target, Louise and McGinn sitting, Barkley in front, Grealish, Trail Ray either side, Watkins up top. That's, that's what I reckon. I'll put my money on that. Fair play. That's a good side as well, to be fair. There's going to be some players there that will certainly cause us some problems. And we've mentioned some of them. Chris, I'll stay with you. Who do you think from that Arsenal team news is going to cause you some problems? Um, I think you'd have to kind of say Saka. Um, he's, four, he's, he's obviously good form. I think he's got four in his last seven, possibly. Um, he's adding goals to his game. Um, he's a good player. I've always rated him. I think I said this last night with with with, uh, with Albert and some of the guys. I think the, the key thing for Saka is that what Arteta has done is he's found the best position for him. Obviously, when he came through, he's probably a bit more of a left back or a left wing back. Um, obviously, more more higher up the pitch as a, as a winger, it probably suits him. I think coming off the right as well suits him better. Um, so he, he's going to be a threat. I think coming up against um, probably coming up against Matt Target. So that that pace getting in behind. Um, I mean, Smith Rose played quite well as well, so it depends how he how he plays. Because I think looking at our midfield, especially the other night, we're just lacking something. I think if he can kind of pick up some pockets of space and, and maybe take advantage of the you know the poor work rate and the the possible fatigue in the middle, um, he, he could do a job. In all fairness, so I mean, I'd probably say those two. I suppose party playing as well could could make a difference um you know in that midfield you know with our guys not playing well um but yeah i reckon it's 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 kind of going to be in the middle or out wide um for either side is, is going to be the, the key battles in all fairness you know obviously it could be Grealish or Saka and in the midfield it, you know it could be maybe Barkley 
Smith Rowe or, or party that, that could turn up and, and kind of um, change the game. Before I come to the last couple of questions and a prediction between you both, I want to ask you this. This is a great question from Don Arsenal. Chris, would you swap Grealish for Bakayi Saka? No. I, I like Saka. I, re- I really like him. I rate him as a player, but he's, he's, he's nowhere near level that uh, Grealish is. I mean, obviously Saka's done it. He's only doing it, what, it's his first season, second season, is it? It's, you know, it's his first full season. Um, he's playing well, but, you know, Grealish has done it. For a number of years, obviously, I know we had a, a few seasons in the championship, but no, sorry. Fair play, Ken. Let's come to you. Um, how do we beat this Aston Villa side, mate? Because the first half against Wolves, they were poor Wolves, don't get me wrong, but we were absolutely brilliant to watch. So, I believe an early goal will start to kick the nerves for Aston Villa. We might be able to go all the way and we get through past this team with three points, Ken. Uh, first thing to do, we've got to start, start on the front foot. The tempo has to be very high and we have to be destructors. In order to to win the football match, we have to win the midfield and win it pretty easily because once we get past that midfield, we've got to be able to run and put pressure on on their back four. Back four. If we can do that constantly and play at the high pace that we played against Wolves, then I think we could take the game away from Villa in the first 45 minutes. But that's if we put our chances away. If we let Villa get on the front foot, then we've got a big. It's going to be a long day for us. We could re, sort of reclaim claim that and back. It's really, really hard. You know, we we've had a good look at Villa. We know what they're good, what they're good at, and what they can do. But what are they like when teams start on the front foot of them? Because I've seen a lot of teams start slowly against them, and and much and that has, in turn been to, to the, the their opposition detriments. I still don't know how Villa lost against Burnley. I don't know. I still still scratch my head and say, a team that's a bit of play so in that first half at Turf Moor. For them to lose is something that, I don't know, man, you'll have to watch the game three or four times to convince yourself that Villa lost that game. But, but what Burnley did wrong in that first half was let Villa get on that front foot and let Grealish get in the ball and enjoy himself, we can't let that happen. We let Grealish enjoy himself, and, you know, Watkins has got his shooting boots on, and McGinn's, you know, looking at bigger picture, using the brain that he has in terms of being Villa's brain, we, we could suffer greatly, so we have to stop him from playing. I think we do indeed. Um, Matt, Matthew De Sousa has said, Dan, sorry if you've touched on this already, but who will be our centre-backs tomorrow? Pablo Marie is back in training and David Luiz is suspended. I think it will be Gabriel and Holding personally. Um, Chris, let's come to you quickly. Um, how do you think you will try to take three points from us? Because that's what obviously you're going to try and go for tomorrow. Um, what do you see happening? I think we need to... I think Kenny's bang on in all fairness that it happened against West Ham. We we played on the back foot for some reason. We kind of allowed West Ham to to play on the front foot and and they just came at us. And I think how we set up invited that pressure on with Barkley playing a bit deeper. Um, and, and it and it wasn't good. So I think we have to play on the front foot. So that would that would mean pushing Barkley up a bit higher and just get those pressures up. Just just kind of do what we've done all season, what we did at the Emirates. We play higher, you know, kind of have the confidence in the, the, you know, the defenders and the guys just in front to to break up play when need be. Because I think at the Emirates, Louise McGinn did well, and if it got past them, you know, you had Konza and Mings had good games. Um, just kind of uh, almost have the just have the confidence in our ability. I don't know what it was against West Ham, whether we we were scared of them, so we sat a bit deeper. But we need to play on the front foot, push forward against West Ham for some reason. It was it was like last season in terms of. No one knew what to do if if they couldn't give the ball to Jack Grealish. It was like was scared. Whereas in other games, you know, sometimes you've got you know John McGinn, you've got Ross Barkley. You know, they'll they'll take it on themselves and think, you know, I'm the man. You know, we don't need Jack. I'm the man. Whereas against West Ham, it was like, oh, what do we need? Pass it to Jack Grealish, and obviously he can't. A lot of the time he does it, he can't do it on, on his own. So I think the other guys just need to step up. Need to be a much more progressive. Um, and, and, and it, you know, as Sunday league as it is, we've got to put the work in. We really have got to work hard. I think, you know, especially you said, Dan, you know, the, the team that we'd likely to play is a decent side, you know, on paper. And those players have all played well this season. 
So if we put the work in, we've got the quality there to to get three points. Um, it's going to be a tough one, I think. You know, as we've said, I think you know someone mentioned in the comments Grealish against um, Hector Bellerin. That you know that that's going to be a, a key battle. It's same as what I mentioned before, Saka against Target as well. So it's going to be interesting. I think he's he's kind of key to who can get into the game earliest. I think. Obviously, who who takes the the kind of takes the advantage? Who gets forward first? Because if you know, if you guys put the pressure on us, the way we've been recently, we could kind of crumble. Um, but I'm ho- hoping it's going to be the other way around. Fair play. Um, I think me and Kenny have probably answered this question because I think both of us would take Jack Grealish from your side, and I'll come to Kenny to make sure that is the case. But Chris, if you could pick one current Arsenal player on form to put into that Villa side, who would you go with? What's a tough one that is. Um, I mean, on form, I suppose, makes it a bit tougher. I suppose naturally, you'd, you'd probably say Obama Young. Um, obviously, he's not having a great season. Um, I'd have to say Saka. I just think him, him on the right, Swedish on the left. You know, good combination going forward. I think it would be you know really good, and I think those guys would link up well. Um, so yeah, I'd have to, I'd have Saka because he's, he's playing so well. He's in good fair play um, I'm going with Jack Grealish Kenny what about yourself one Aston Villa player to pick in this Arsenal side would you go well, Grealish or someone else well the obvious one is Jack Grealish because of the things that the, the way I built him up to say he could play Spain and Italy but for me if I was to look at uh, I like there's something about Ollie Watkins there's something about his pace there's something about his ability to play with his back to goal and to work hard in the channels and score goals. There's something about him. I'm thinking, you know what? The devil in me thinks, you know, if, you know, something happens to, you know, uh, Laka and he decides that he wants to go play for Atletico Madrid, why not? Why, not why, why, why doesn't the Arsenal fan come to his club of his birth? You know, I know he's from like the southwest and Ex- Exeter and all those, you know, that area, but he's an Arsenal fan. Come home. Come home, son. There we go. Can you hear it here, Ollie Watkins? You've heard it from Kenny Ken. Come home. <laughs> I must say, someone's put something in the chat, which I actually saw, actually, that Ian Wright was interviewing Saka, and Saka said that while on England duty, Jack Grealish was the best player by far, and they are very close. Just saying, Chris, they're very, very close. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to go around and do predictions. Kenny, we're going to start with you. What do you think the score's going to be tomorrow, my friend? We start fast. We win 3-1. Free, we free Okay, let's that's let's hope that's mate. That's very optimistic, but I will take that one hundred percent. Chris, what do you reckon, mate? Um, like I said it last night, I got a feeling two nil. To you or to us? Two nil to Villa. Yeah, I think I think being at home, (laughs) probably. I think I think Dean Smith and the guys would have given him a a kick up the backside after the West Ham game. I think we'll get back to to winning ways two nil. Fair enough. That leaves me. Okay, I'm going to say this now. The Wolves' defeat is going to have affected us massively and we have shifted the mentality with the transfer window. We've got rid of the Kalasanaks, the Mustafis, the Socrates, the Ozil and I want to see now the mentality of this squad and I think we're going to bounce back from the defeat at Wolves because we're going to be angry about the way that we lost that game. And I think we're going to nick it 2-1. It's going to be hard. I think Jack Greenish is going to give Bellerin a hold in a torrid time as he did at the Emirates. But I fancy us to nick this one because I think we're going to try and keep it as uh, tight as we can because we know what Villa can do. They're a great side this season. They're a great outfit. But their form hasn't been great. It's probably a good time to beat them. I just want to see this side come out and show us what they've got. So I'm going to go for 2-1 to the Arsenal. Chris... Thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you back on, mate. And we're always welcoming you on this channel. How can people follow you, mate? Nice one, Dan. Anytime. You know you know me. You know I enjoy coming on your channel. Um, Twitter and Instagram, we're at Villa Together. Um, you can find us on YouTube if you search Villa Together podcast. And um, we're also, you can listen to our podcasts via Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the usual uh, podcast providers. Great stuff, Chris, and thank you once more for coming on. And thank you, Kenny. Kenny, there's no listen. 
I love having you on the channel, man. It's absolute pleasure as always. And you've sorted your Wi-Fi out. You've stayed on. There's been no, there's been no, 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 no problems, no, 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 no drama. Don't say that. Don't, don't, don't say that. Someone's paying for me Wi-Fi, so I want that. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, oh, you can follow me on one condition. I did not approach Jose Mourinho last season. I may have wanted him at <laughs> Arsenal manager, but Arsenal Football Club invited him as their guest of honour to the Europa League matches and made an offer to Jose to, to, to become my manager if, in the event of Uno Emery sacking. But the reason why I didn't come off because Spurs got there first. You want to have a go at someone, have a go at Finoe. Go to America and have a go at Josh. You want to have a go at anyone else, go and have a go at Rao. I know we've sacked him, but have a go at him anyway and take your frustrations out on him, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for coming on, man, and I will see you uh, next time. Guys in the chat, thank you all so much. Over 200 of you watching at one point tonight. Thanks all so much. I'd be very, very much appreciated if you can like and subscribe if you have not done so already. Please like this channel. We are trying to grow it as much as possible. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll be back Mondays and Fridays, and we will see you next time. Up the Arsenal. Come on, you guys. Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.